Have you guys ever met a vampire? I don't remember if we've done this before. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean there's I mean there's a community in in Atlanta. Um, oh, there's a there's like a vampire sort of like scene. Meetups, things like that, meetups at bars uh and stuff like that. And um I mean some of them are really really nice. Um but they're all just you know they're they're always so they're so needy yeah you never yeah. meet up with you for like brunch or anything like that and they're always like, like hey can you let me in and it's just like <laughs> can you invite me in you know and it's it's just i haven't uh i haven't met one physically but uh during the early part of the pandemic i joined a vampire discord oh. uh and that was really fun um everybody plays little jokes on each other um like videos of sunrises and stuff and they'll be like, check out this new trailer for uh, channing tatum's dog um but it's actually a video of the sunrise and it's like you fucking got me you know oh i've actually heard about that i've heard about like these like funny goofs and like hijinks and pranks where like they just go for your neck arteries and it's just like this like funny little sort of like f- friend on friend bit <laughs> Emmett's here! My friend Emmett is here! We have our first guest of the season, Emmett Crockett, my fucking my fucking brother in my fucking brother in screenplays. Emmett, Yo. thanks for being oh, yeah. here. I'm so excited. Yeah, I was like um waiting to see if I was gonna get introed and I was or should I I was like, should I just jump in or like <laughs> oh, that's you, can do, you can do anything. Like personally I feel like the disguise your limit. Um, Emmett is a talented screen, screen, oh my god, I almost said something different. A talented screenwriter, like, so fucking good. Um, he's also a stand-up, and he works on set in the camera department, yeah? Oh, sick. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hell I'm yeah. a camera assistant. Um, yeah, was just working in the, like, Taylor Sheridan universe of crazy, like, movies that, <laughs> and TV shows that, like, don't seem to stop getting greenlit over and over and over again. They get made, don't they? They just keep getting made. They, like, (laughs) added... Like, I just worked on this show uh, called 1883 that was um, a spinoff of Yellowstone, and, like, that's, like, a one-off, like, miniseries kind of show, but they just ordered more episodes of that show, which, like, definitely has a complete story. So somehow, (laughs) there's gonna be... Wait, what all? What all is in the the Sheridan universe? Because I so I only recently ever heard of Yellowstone, and then I googled it, and it's got like five or six seasons. So there's been just like secret TV happening. It's like it's kind of crazy. Like almost no one I know like watches it, uh, but it's the most popular cable TV show in America. That's always how it is. Yeah, but uh, so that show is is the flagship, um, and he created uh, this show, 1883, which is a prequel show to that. It's about the family that first goes to Montana to, like, start the homestead that they protect in the uh, series. Mm. Um, And then there's another show by Taylor Sheridan called Mayor of Kingstown that's also on Paramount+. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And uh, he, he has... There's going to be a sequel to the prequel show um, <laughs> called, uh, I think it's called like 1923. That's like the same, the, another descendant of this family that's going to be filmed probably later this year. Big family. And then, yeah, it's a big family. <laughs> uh, and then like a couple, a couple more 
cowboy things in the works and then a spin-off show of like another one of the characters on Yellowstone like going and working at this ranch uh in Texas so it's like crazy <laughs> it's just we're a just virus review... that keeps spreading <laughs> uh, we're going to review every episode of all of these shows for season 3 <laughs> yeah. yeah you you thought we were going to get around to the bring it on series or something <laughs> like that no, no. just the Sheridan verse <laughs> homestead <laughs> homestead home <laughs> but it's it's great to not be talking about anything with uh you know any cowboys in it at all like i'm excited yeah about sort of the anti-cowboy in a way yeah yeah, yeah. This, i'm not sure i could like conceptualize of the opposite of a cowboy until i started watching the underworld series but I, this this very much feels like it um, and yes, we are, we're talking about Underworld Evolution, which was the 2006, I believe, yeah. sequel to Underworld, and I guess just, like, to start off first impressions, I really like, I had a yeah, good what the time hell? with this, what the I fuck? I knew this was gonna what? happen! <laughs> what the fuck? I liked this. Emmett, I'm, I'm really interested to hear your reaction, because you, you also watched the first one, and- I I personally was like pretty down on the first one when I came in. By the end, I think I like Becky convinced me of some of its charms, but this mm. movie made me kind of retroactively go back and be like, "No, I was right." Me too. Because I feel like all of the stuff that I was complaining about in the first one, they like nixed in favor yeah. of more heads getting ripped off and missionary <laughs> yeah. sex and stuff. <laughs> yeah. They do it like, one way. I I agree uh with with that assessment. Um I, I did watch the first one and for it was like pretty hard for me to stay engaged with. Like I was like mm-hmm. kind of falling asleep watching it there's just so much explanation of their like politics and lore and like how their society worked and like it was really um i don't know hard to stay invested i i did check in at the end with the vampire lichen hybrid uh moment with michael like that last little piece was like what made me like not regret watching it i guess like, <laughs> yeah yeah totally but um no I, I i like i fully agree it was it was just really really hard for me to um care about the first movie like more so than i even expected like because i remember i've seen both of these in the theater like i know mm, that i really? did mm-hmm. yeah so it's um trippy that like the second <laughs> one made such a better impression like but un- i didn't predict that that would be the case this is my take is i think that Underworld Evolution is a more fun movie, but I think Underworld is a better movie. This is my personal take. Because I feel like if I... It's hard for me to watch Underworld through the lens of not understanding it, so that would definitely kill my joy. But since I've seen it a bunch of times, I understand the lore, so that wasn't, like, bogging me down. And I feel like Underworld has all the pieces of a good movie because it's got, like you know, her loyalty to this culture and then the betrayal of that and then her female instinct that's being, like, gaslit by her elders and then the the choice she makes to move on to the new chapter. And I think Underworld Evolution is just, like, batshit crazy. Like, it just, just, they said, we have to find something to make another movie and they found everything. Like, there's just (laughs) so much to it and it's so much fun. But there was so much that was so clunky and silly and 
ridiculous. So I don't think it's a better movie, but I like it more, maybe, um, if that makes sense. There are some there are some pretty big differences between just like the like the structure of the two of them. I mean, we've got a whole episode that we can go into. What are the ways that like the the actual filmmaking kind of changes and places where there are new collaborators or old collaborators in new roles. Um, mm. But, you know, Underworld 1, I think of as being like a mystery story that's about why do the Lycans want Michael Corvinus? Um, or Michael Corvin? <laughs> Corvin, yeah. Corvin, sure. He's like sure. really American now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at Ellis Island they yeah. I, the 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 ways that werewolves had to assimilate in the twenties. It's like so insane. It's insane. Um, it's this it's this mystery about why they're looking for Michael Corpinus, and that eventually <laughs> leads her on this this journey to find out all of these things about her lineage and and this ancient history that are fundamentally corrupt, and that she ends up abandoning, um, and along the way uh, kisses Michael once, just um, once. Just once. Whereas this has, like, a very, very clear, like, one singular big bad who is after them. I, I think I kind of know what he wants. Um, and and they are on the run from him, and they're trying to keep Michael away from him. Um, mm. And the, the result of it is this, like, this bananas action movie that I find, like, a lot clearer, um, a mm. lot more visually legible. Um just a lot more um, fun and like a little bit emotional. Um, it really, really feels like Len Wiseman, like Dixon, like you were saying, like he he looked at everything about the first movie that he knowingly wanted to get better at. Um, and now all of a sudden you have these action scenes that are clearer. You have more color in this thing. The, the werewolves look way better. So much better. Oh so my God. So much better. They don't um, look like claymation, like, from, like... <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of them are still practical, which I, I didn't think was going to be the case. The, the, yeah. The blend of practical and digital is, is really, really graceful here. These are honestly up there with some of my favorite movie werewolves, I think. And, and the result is this movie that is so fucking entertaining and such a cool, like, action movie that I feel like I almost know what happened in it. <laughs> <laughs> that's all you need is to... Because that's why they want you to be like me and watch it eight times throughout your life until you're a so you full-blown can. expert. Until yeah. you can take a reading quiz on the Corvinus lineage. Get scholastic reading points. Which descendant are you? Draw, draw the family tree. <laughs> family. And if you can do it, your class wins a pizza party. Would you yeah. kill your sons? <laughs> okay, Marcus, I think this movie also is so fun because Marcus is such a fucking sick character. Mm-hmm. Marcus really Marcus. is, and we'll get into it. We should, we should do a quick summary, but I just want to like say, like I just feel like, what, what a show stealer. So scary. I think like his um like the the design they did for his like transformation was absolutely fucking gripping and terrifying. So it's like hard not to be afraid and excited while you're watching this movie. Whereas, like you pointed out, Peach, in the last movie, there's not a super clear villain. So 
you're sort of waiting in anticipation, but for who? Mm. Yeah, well put. It yeah, it, especially because like in the first movie, it kind of takes a while for the scenery chewing uh big guys to show up like bill when bill nye shows up it's like hell yeah bill nye's here but that still takes like an hour and by that time you've been sort of sanded down by like (laughs) craven every scene explaining a century per scene um (laughs) fucking forgot about craven man like dude oh poor like as much as I did not care for Craven, they did him real dirty in this. Movie. I, I was stoked. I don't know. Yeah. Like, yes. I hated Craven. Like I was stoked that he was like so immediately and unceremoniously dispatched. Like, yeah. Right yeah. out the gate. Like, we barely need him in this one. I feel like yeah. we're good. <laughs> yeah. I was fine with that. Like, yeah, totally, totally. What a table read that must have been, though. Just like him sitting, sitting there for there. eighty-five minutes, just like, oh man, well, he's getting paid. He's yeah. he's getting paid to be on two pages. I honestly like, uh, aside from you know how much we dunk on on Craven just being a just butt character, um, played by great value Trent Reznor, like I I actually am a really really big fan of bringing back a character in the original actor from the first one just long enough, just long enough to dispatch him really quickly. It does such cool things for the stakes and the, the amount of continuity that this actually has with the first one, which ends minutes before this one starts. Um, The, the ways that little characters from the first one who are dead get to pop up here and there and it, it, it really sells, like, their commitment to this mythology, that this is this huge story that's going to keep going for however many movies. I there, What I'm saying is it satisfied me in a lot of ways to see Craven uh, get turned into <laughs> sticky mist. I love it. <laughs> Absolute goo. Goo. Like, um, I like yeah. it. I liked it, too. <laughs> and um, uh, Bill Nighy coming back. Too. like I yes. was he was like really my favorite part of the first movie Absolutely. like I, I was super checked in and I was like when he was like half formed I'm sure you guys talked a ton about this but when he's like halfway awake and he's got the blood tubes oh, in his back yeah. and he just yeah. looks insane but he's still just like so compelling and just a, great to watch like yeah. Yeah. that's mm-hmm. when I really like woke up to the movie like in the, those scenes with him so when he dies at the end of uh, the first film in that funny like half head slice or whatever, like mm. that just like flops off to the side. Like I, uh, I don't know. Like I was, I was kind of bummed out that he was he was gone. And I, then when I saw him in the second one, I was very excited that he remained and just like his weird accent. Like he's, I think he has like the first line in the movie. Yeah, just, like says some crazy, weird shit. I wrote down what he says. He says like. Yet again, we arrived to witness this monster's <laughs> out the mouth. <laughs> yeah, I was going to call out that line because I don't think I've ever heard an English person sound like they were putting on an English accent before. It's, but he's <laughs> it's so strange his enunciation. He says, off the mouth. Off the mouth. Oh, there's like four L's in it. Like <laughs> <laughs> Peanut just- butter. I love it so much. Like, I feel like he finds a way to take very, um, 
I mean, we we talked about this a lot in the last film, that Underworld takes itself so seriously. And he finds a way to bring this, like, really quirky deviance to this, you know? And I, I find that everybody sort of plays it very generic, but he's so captivating because he brings himself to it. And he's, like, weird in it. Like, he's weird throughout the whole thing. And I feel like in this genre, it's hard to find... Besides, like, Tannis, which we'll get into. <laughs> but, yeah, I love him. Real quick, and then um, we should we should throw out a summary, but there was just one other Bill Nye bit I wanted to highlight, which is um, there is, at one point in this film, a flashback to... Uh, what is Bill Nye's character name? Victor. I've just been calling Victor. Bill Nye. Thank you. Um, uh, where, where Victor arrives um to the site of where Celine's parents have been murdered you know we know that Victor was the one who actually ordered them killed and it makes it a lot less believable that no one ever figured it out because he walks up to Celine and goes the the (laughs) (laughs) you're safe now (laughs) this is a guy behind him with a knife like going like oh fuck I Um, know Blood like dripping from his mouth. He keeps like furiously wiping. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. That was Craven, by the way, who did like the exit backwards. (laughs) I'll I'll dive into a a quick summary here. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Well, I I mentioned it a bit off mic, but um, you know, I I am usually the summary person, and I was watching this film under um, pretty aggravating circumstances. I was, like, calling doctors and stuff and talking to my insurance people and was also, like, doing my job. uh, (laughs) And it was a busy day. So I caught some... I caught most of the important things, and I'll try to hit uh, those points here. So um, right after the first movie... um, both Celine and Craven, they try to get out of Dodge and no. figure out who can help them. And uh, it's actually, oh, Michael, <laughs> fuck me. Celine and Michael. Yeah, but like, oh, so I did note this. It turns out that uh, if the subtitles are to believe that they are in Romania. Yes. Hung- um, I, oh, interesting. Wendy said was it, was it Hungary? Oh, yeah, no, it was Hungary. Which I did, had no idea. I thought this was in fucking like London or something. And Wendy told me it was in... Um, yeah, in Hungary. I haven't gotten a single thing about this movie <laughs> right so far. This is not good. Your class is not getting a pizza party. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, so the the year 19, 972 marked the date when the ruling prince, uh, Hungarian uh, Geza of the Arpad dynasty, officially started to integrate uh, uh, Hungary into the Christian Western Empire. Um, so everybody... Take a note of that. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, they're being chased by, like, kind of vampire cleaners, um, like, who are there to, you know, maybe somebody else should take a step. I can do this. it. I can do yeah. it. <laughs> Let the lore master take a whack at this thing. We'll see. We'll see. Um, okay, so we have Celine and Michael, and this, this is coming right off, like, right off the heels of the last movie. We have Celine and Michael escaping um, out into, like, the woods. They're sort of, like, recalibrating as they, like, figure out their next steps. Um, Marcus, who at the very end of the last movie, Marcus was another elder who was sleeping because it wasn't his turn to reign, and a lichen whose throat was slit 
right above his tomb. His blood drips down at the end of the first movie, thus converting Marcus into um, a hybrid. Um, I'm forgetting the, the beginning part of the movie, though, opens with, like, um, way back when... Um, when Victor was still alive and Marcus... The year 1202, Thank I think. you, thank you, thank you. Yes, 1202 AD. I remember being like, dang, that's a long time ago. <laughs> so we see... Who is president? <laughs> we see um, this, like, village being absolutely, like, destroyed. It's on fire. And we see the vampires, the elders, like, way back when on horses. And Victor's like, Marcus, you have to get out of here. And he's like, no. And he's like... But I need you alive. And then Marcus is like leaves and we're not really sure why Victor really needs him alive, but then come to find out. Oh god, I fucked this up too. Okay. So it starts off with a Star Wars esque sort of intro detailing the fact that Alexander Corvinus <laughs> is a genetic anomaly who is <laughs> immortal. He had two sons, William, bit by wolf, and mm -hmm. um, Marcus bit by bat. And so, Marcus was the first vampire, and William was the first lichen. So, it's actually it's actually sci-fi. Hi, TikTok. Today I'm taking the Describe Underworld Challenge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, I'm like, not, I'm like a tenth of the way there. So, um... <laughs> So come to, see, to find William way back when. William is this the first lichen. He's this like rabid animal. He's huge. His rage cannot be controlled. So Victor decides to have him slumber for the rest of time to Marcus's dismay. Marcus is like super like betrayed even though he knows William is uncontrollable. Um, we skip to modern times. Celine and Michael are escaping. Marcus is awake. He's chasing after them because, upon doing some investigation, finds out that he does want to unleash William again. And he needs Celine's blood as a map to find William because, get this, her dad built the tomb that William was kept in for all of time. <gasps> so as a little girl... She was there, ha ha ha, painting on the walls <laughs> um, as William was being um, held. I would simplify this for everybody, but you really can't. Um, there's no, <laughs> no. way. Th that is the lowest common denominator, what I just tried yeah. to do there. It's like the simplest version you can I'm so sorry. Say. I feel like I just took a big shit in front of everyone. Um, <laughs> it is a really complicated movie, but I will say as you're watching it, it is way more digestible the way that they set it up when you're watching no it's uh yeah yeah i i think it's pretty much the thing becky described but there's punching and fucking and leather yes yes so okay. much yeah they really go all in on it <laughs> um and then i would say the, the the last thing is the main battle is between celine and marcus at the end because she needs to um, stop him from from releasing William because he'll turn all of humanity into lichens because he's uncontrollable rage. And she ends up um, 
sucking the blood of their father who has immortal blood and so she's like really fucking cool leveled up vampire and her eyes get this turn white that's a new level we didn't Mm. see that in the last one that felt bad (laughs) (laughs) i think i think you killed it i think this is a hard movie to (laughs) verbalize yeah and like little rules are like materializing like <laughs> kind of here and there like as constantly like throughout mm. like the, i tried to write some down like the first one that i noted was like from um victor in the like cold open that uh becky was describing like he's when he is trying to describe why he wants to keep marcus alive he says like if you die, we all die, and I was like, oh, okay, that's gonna be the thing. Like we'll have to yeah. keep. He has to keep Marcus alive, or all the vampires are gonna die, and like that becomes such a non-issue. Like, <laughs> like it's like so just not the case. Like and no one yeah. acknowledges it at the end when Marcus oh God, right. finally meets his his doom. Like no one's like, oh no, like are we all gonna evaporate if this guy gets killed? Like that just. It was literally Straight an old up. wives' tale. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's like the first, like, major plot point that we get, and it's just, like, proven, rendered meaningless. Like, yeah. And there's so many, they, they, this movie has so little trust in us to keep up. You know, like, they're, like, every time something's about to happen, there'll be, like, this flashback, and it'll be like, mm. this is why that shouldn't happen. And then you're like, oh, it's if you were like, I already actually did remember, but thanks for the reminder. <laughs> but I, I think that a key difference between this one and the first one was that, like, in both in both movies, like those flashbacks or you know equivalent exposition would happen, but with this one, it was always so that like, okay, now when that's out of the way, it will be a like cool fight scene. And then, but in the first one, it was like, no, this is the important stuff. That vampires and werewolves fight is much less important than you knowing exactly like what happens to this character's mother and father. <laughs> 500 years ago (laughs) like that is something i i i think i got like pretty i don't know like i got bogged down in the details in our discussion of the first one because there are so many of them but i don't think i hit enough on the fact that at least for you know someone who someone like me who who likes you know big dumb fun stuff there is a level of betrayal in that movie where you introduce the hook of vampires and werewolves being mad at one another, but then have the movie not be about that. There is so much vampire and werewolves being mad at one another in this one. And they really like, there's, I feel like a much deeper level of care with the like combat and the fight scenes. And also the gore quotient Mm -hmm. is really Mm -hmm. ramped up in this one. I didn't was, I was talking to PJ about this over text. Was the first movie PG thirteen? Ooh, good or was question. It like a very soft R, because I I felt like it seemed to jump up a rating in terms of like what was explicitly shown on screen, and that you know did really help keep me invested. I'd mm-hmm. love to watch a, a head explode. <laughs> I think it's I, rated I'd love R. To see. Yeah, that's wild. Because I couldn't, I can't really think of anything particularly like whoa you know i'm not even sure they say fuck more than like once or twice do you think it's just 
in terms of the like the jump in special effects or something like do you think like they had more money to make the second one so they the gore was the gore was just better I don't know. Look up like, the budget, actually. That's that's actually a great question. I, like, it um, looked way better to me, like, this one. It's only a, a few years later, so right? Like, maybe, like, three, three years yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I agree. And I think um, yeah. your theory about the budget definitely holds some water because Evolution uh, looks like it comes in at $45 oh, million. Wow. And uh, the first one, I think, was, yeah, $22 million. So it doubled. So I would not be surprised if Damn. they were just, you know, like rolling around in their <laughs> money um, thinking, let's let's put some missionary in there. Sorry <laughs> I keep saying that. It's just this scene is like I'm it's I, jarring. I, <laughs> I love it. I love I mean, it's weird. They're fucking each other's belly buttons. But I was like, I was I was like actively glad they they put that there. Is that weird that I, I like. I, I need to know. No, they had to. They had to put something in there. I just, for, you know, it's a lot of, it's a lot of, a lot of bark, no bite when you fuck so vanilla. I know. I was, that. like, they couldn't have sped up the footage or something. Like, just, sorry, I'm not. Like, yeah, she took off a corset to fuck missionary. Like, <laughs> <laughs> good it's reliable we like it but it just was so calm and we don't love michael enough for that to be meaningful so it had to be Mm -hmm. hot do you know what i mean like i'm not necessarily rooting for them because i love them together i'm mostly rooting for them because like i want to see what happens scott speedman sizzles on the screen (laughs) (laughs) i kept wondering yeah you don't think after every time he was done with his shot, the whole cast and crew just clapped? Like <laughs> I thought he did so good eating food and loving the food. The human food, he loved it. He didn't vomit. It was so good. I was like, why is he going to... That's like, that, that was so scene. stupid to me. I was like, was just in general. Yeah, I was like, just in general, you shouldn't go get a meal right now. Like, you should be in hiding. Like... And it's also that silly. place was just, like, horrifically... Like, why would anyone want to eat there? It was, like, one of the worst places I've ever yeah. seen. Like, yeah. no one looked happy to be there. It is a Ukrainian cop-themed restaurant. <laughs> would you like a plate of potato? I was like, what is Len Wiseman's stake in 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 Michael? In, in the guy who is, like, his now wife's love interest in this movie like is he is he projecting himself onto michael is is this like his self-insert character where he's like hey man not much to say about me i'm just i'm just a fucking dude and i'm a stud i love uh kissing kate beckinsdale and uh eating potatoes real fast then barf them up gotta run out of that restaurant they're shooting at me I would love that if there was like a whole like Last Jedi style freak out about like, <laughs> Michael Corvin is a Mary Sue. <laughs> 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 Emmett, I wanted to ask you yeah. did you did you watch um, both of these back to back or was mm-hmm. there some like time in between them? Not a ton of time. Like I watched uh, I watched one of them last night and the mm-hmm. other today. Were what were like 
the the biggest things that leapt out to you in terms of the differences because like i have some ideas in my head but that's after like a, a week of like i've had a wild fucking week um so i'm i'm curious as to uh what jumped out at you with that sort of expedited timeline yeah 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 for sure like i mean like what what you already touched on was the action of this movie like it was it was just so much more engaging like right out of the gate i mean we open on this like crazy um like it's it's a whole sequence it's like 10 minutes of this village just getting destroyed and these people turning into these like super lichens with like the stakes raised immediately mm-hmm. you know and like there's yeah. just so many more like violent like set pieces throughout like really like i was like in and out of consciousness when i was watching the first one pretty much because it was like <laughs> ju- like so much talking and just like yeah. mythology and like um just like craven and just like (laughs) (laughs) craven didn't have you locked in but well i I mean literally like what i and the the effects uh the effects are obviously like a huge jump the color palette is a huge jump the yeah i don't know it's like it's it seems like they just they just knew what they had they like they they like open it they open with bill nighy like everything that you you want to see like continues to be there as far as like oh yeah and like obvious i think a huge difference is like they they built a ton of sets like for this clearly like i mean in the in the first one you could kind of because it's taking place in kind of present day society for like large pieces of it you you can maybe get away with shooting some of that stuff on location and like saving some money that way but like this one they're like they're these huge sets that they're on this like big barn that they clearly built this big like all of these caves that that each battle takes place in this village that catches on mm-hmm. fire you know like it's just like there's yeah. so much more to to look at and and digest and um take in it, compared to the first one that's just kind of like an urban grime kind of like post matrixy yeah. like vibe that like i was feeling kind of in a big way from that you know so i don't that's know that's like so how true I feel about it yeah no, yeah the- it is way more expansive. I think that's a really great point. There's like immediately every every aspect of it is more engaging, mm-hmm. both from plot to like budget, so then visuals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I just wonder, Emmett, this is my, my interpretation of watching the second one, is I love it. I love it. Let's not get it twisted. But I, I, I just like, it is so much, to me, it's so much cornier with the flashbacks. Like... Did the corniness bug you guys? Because, like, so many of it, of, like, this, like, misty sort of, like, uh, I don't know, effect that they were doing on people's faces and all, like, the flashbacks and stuff made me feel like they were, like, sort of patting me on the head a little bit and i didn't like that part of it or or i liked it and it made me laugh but it didn't make me respect the movie more. But I also, but I'd like, I couldn't even remember if the idea of like the blood memories was like in the first movie or not. Like I, I, I like can't remember. Like I know that there are flashbacks, but I, I'm trying to think if the flashbacks are like, now you know the truth and we're remembering yeah. this situation differently. Or is it just like literally a power of Marcus's where like if he drinks someone's blood that's introduced in this movie, like he, he can just read their entire life story or whatever. Which, like, it was in the first one as well. Okay, cool. Celine bit her 
thing and like fed her blood to Victor and then he knew from her memories what That's had right. happened. In the first movie, um, okay. Yeah. Okay. But okay. Um, he, he really takes that hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like they, a really big like, point. Oh, we got this thing we can use for exposition. <laughs> like, let's only use that. Like, <laughs> blood memory, blood memory. Check okay, out which one? How, do, how does he know this? Oh, it's a blood memory. Like, yeah. <laughs> obviously. Isn't that how he can like, use computers? Like, Marcus yeah, like, okay, right? blood and immediately... <laughs> Goes over and He's, starts typing on a computer. I don't give a fuck. His little that, claws. Yeah, with the claws, yeah. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. That's cool. It, it was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> just like, just hitting an absolute block at, like, trying to crack the story. Like, pages of rumpled up paper everywhere. Just some guy with a cigarette in his mouth being like, how do we get the vampire to the computer? You can, It's just a catch-all. Like, any explanation, you can just... It's blood memories. Like, blood memories, yeah. That's, yeah. That's how. That's how. Um, it's, a, it's a good device, because then it, like, puts our hero in danger, right? Like, she's the only one who knows how to get to the to the tomb and he so he needs to like hurt her so it's scary and it amps this like it it raises the stakes but isn't it sort of funny that um wendy and i watched it together and she pointed this out isn't it funny how um this is the only time that he doesn't like lethally bite someone to get their blood memories out but this is the one instance where he like allows it to drip from her wrist into his mouth and like lets her live and like (laughs) Yeah, we do need her in the third movie, so I guess that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, just just like open mouth under it, like she's a coke freestyle machine. Just <laughs> yeah, like can we talk about all the blood mixing, like in this movie? <laughs> mm-hmm. I so Emmett, you mentioned earlier um, about the kind of slipshod way that rules are introduced in this movie. I think that if there is if there is one force in this movie that's as powerful as it introducing rules, it's it um, not introducing rules. I don't know what kills a vampire and a werewolf. Yep. I don't wow. fucking know. It's like, not clear. Sometimes regular bullets seem to do it. Sometimes they don't. Sun seems to, but at the very end, the sun comes up over Kate and oh right it's because she's yeah. a new powerful yeah, yeah. that's right right well, never mind. Eyes. I, I it took me until Becky said that to piece it together for myself I was like whose blood like someone's blood made her capable of doing whose <laughs> who's blood? fucking blood whose blood they're like, all mixed but somehow going some through of them your have Rolodex these powers, of blood <laughs> and some of them have these powers and when they mix you get these other powers like well, it's bad for them to go into the sun unless it's day for night with a blue filter. Then day, day for night. As long as you do it then, it's okay. Um, it's all right. I, I do got to say, I love the fucking set piece of you're a vampire driving an 18-wheeler trying to get away from a beautifully oh, yes. designed winged vampire and the sun is rising and your boyfriend is trying to steer the car and get you out of the sunlight. That is a set of circumstances and obstacles and rules where like, I don't know whose magical blood lineage gives them wings forever or gives them wings that will go away temporarily sometime. I don't know. I don't give a fuck. I'm not smart enough. I'm not like Victor. I can't literally drink exposition. What I do know <laughs> is a goddamn action set piece. And, and yes. that shit is, I, there's a part of me that almost wishes there had been more like, individual limitations and weaknesses of werewolves and vampires in here like 
I, I understand mm. the rules are different. In Underworld, vampires can see themselves in mirrors um, and write each other's names on it. Um, but yeah, I have I have no idea how how you kill them. Pushing them into helicopter blades seems to work pretty good though. Yeah, yeah. so good. Yeah, like I I forgive them because they're satisfying deaths typically, but I don't know when it'll be a death and when it'll just be a maiming. Yeah. Um, I will say that scene I think is the best. That that sequence is the best in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when she's driving the eighteen wheeler, it's Celine and Michael trying to get away from Marcus, who's like this fucking bat from hell, just like so scary, flying Beautiful. next to her. Yeah. And it's just so stressful as the sun comes up, like literally, like just like you said, Peach. Oh. It's just the circumstances were so perfectly laid out that I was like, this is why this is a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> And they just they just gotta drive that eighteen wheel wheeler into the um, the factory from the end of RoboCop so they can fuck. Um, Splash and, paint everywhere. Like, yeah. I loved that so much. If he wanted to, he would. Okay. <laughs> did the did the paint splashing feel like? Let me know if I'm nuts for this, but Emmett, you bring up the paint splashing, which was <laughs> maybe one of my favorite moments in the whole thing. Did that feel kind of romantic to anyone else here? Like, did that feel like a music video moment? Yeah, yeah that's that's what I'm saying. Like, what a what a model of a male selflessness for his lady. <laughs> like, do you want to know why that hit so hard? Is because this is the first time in this ser- in this series of movies that a film has shown and not told. <laughs> this is the first fucking time. Yeah. That's kind of true. <laughs> it's not I'm like really I'm doing this because I love you. Yeah. Doing something without saying a single fucking thing about it. Like <laughs> He doesn't give That's you the true. origins of paint and like the family history of the company that made the fucking paint. Who are they mad at? Yeah, it's just like all the chivalry kind of comes in. Like, did you guys yeah. like the little moment when he like rips the whole first aid kit out of the wall? Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> You can't just take it down. <laughs> there is, I mean, th- this this movie is still um, like riddled with 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 lore dumps and like, you know, the fucking blood drinking exposition and stuff. But I feel like there are more of those little teeny moments where uh, a character is afforded just the slightest bit of shading by some action that they're undertaking. Um. For instance, uh, a character who we, I don't think we've talked about yet, and I can't remember his name, but he's the kind of like horny middle-aged vampire who they run Tannis. into. Tannis. Yeah, Tannis. Tannis. T a n i s. So I was saying Tannis with a Bill Nye accent. Tannis. <laughs> um, but like, so in the middle of the movie, they um, for some reason have to go talk to uh, an exiled vampire who Celine personally like kicked out of the coven. And he's this, like, uh, slimy, horny guy um, who's been shut away for 300 years. And uh, while invading his compound, Celine, I believe, kills both of his uh, vampire lady friends. And right before... And they leave. And right before... Um, God, I'm sorry. The character Michael? names... Yes, thank you. Right before Michael yeah. catches up to Tannis... 
<laughs> oh, that was so hard. I, no, you got I, this. You, I, you're, it's right there. So close. I'm using, you know, when you're like on Ableton or something, and the like amount of CPU that's getting used is like going into the red. <laughs> like that's what it's like for me trying to remember these fucking people's names. Um, but right before Marcus shows up and kills Tannis, um, we see. <laughs> Um, Tannis just kind of going like, and dumping his girlfriend's bodies in the basement, (laughs) which is not commented upon and is just such a little piece of weird, dark slapstick, but it does a good job of being like, oh, this is like a person. Um, and then he is immediately killed, but still it's like, it's something. I feel like we got more nuance to people's personalities in this movie. Definitely. Do you want to talk about like, I mean, we got like... A lot, some of that with um, Alexander, uh, Alexander Corvinus too. Yes, like, yes. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Not so easy, is it? Just Not saying easy. a name, but like the, I loved Alexander Corvinus because he's like, there's so much shit in this movie, and then there's just this weird subplot of this like guy with a super secret police force who operates yeah. out mm-hmm. of a giant ship, like a giant like, boat. <laughs> And you're just like, who? Who the fuck is this old guy? Like, Who's what this is old he? A guy? vampire? Is he a werewolf? Because he's intimately aware of lichens and vampires. And you're just like, wait, what's his deal? We just follow him for like, we just check back in with him at so many different points in the movie, and like too many. Uh, like, uh, <laughs> we do like a lot. Like, I don't know. I kind of like it, like. I, ch- I accidentally cheated and, like, spoiled it for myself because I, I was, like, trying to figure out the name of the actor who plays Tannis because I was like, is that Paul Bettany? Like, he kind of looks like Paul <laughs> Bettany to me. And, like, uh, I saw that that character name because they give him a fake name. They're like, this is, you know, some Frenchy McFrench guy. Like, we're going <laughs> to go see him. But, like, on the Wikipedia page or whatever, it says it says he's Corvinus, and I was like, oh shit! Like now I know that before I'm supposed to, you know. But, um, <laughs> it was it was hard for me to figure out what what his deal was until I accidentally spoiled it. Like, uh, but he did have that moment right at the end where he like kind of blows himself up. Like we have this like second after like this goodbye to this character that's just been a weird kind of background like. Thing that we've seen develop like so i think that speaks to dixon's point where we do have these moments of like okay there's some like drama associated with these people in their lives a little bit um in this movie. totally and seeing the choices they make when they're by themselves um i was just gonna say i don't know how i feel about him being in the movie i think it's i think it's fun because it's more movie um but i liked the idea like it's just like it's just so ridiculous i'm like all right let's do that let's meet him and he's immortal and he's been around forever okay but i also like the idea of like the lineage and like him having been like the first and um him just being like a part of lore rather than this like guy with the whole arsenal and fleet and just so many helicopters just (laughs) fucking too many helicopters um but the whole thing is he can't kill his sons even though they like have wreaked havoc upon the earth just because he like loves them (laughs) (laughs) and that's like his whole thing is he's just like i just won't do it like i just like i'm a good dad (laughs) (laughs) i don't know how do you guys feel about him I felt a little underwhelmed by him. I mean that that actor has has a very like cool like commanding presence, and I like his. I I love all of the different threads that like 
this movie brings together of these 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 two twin brothers um but the non-werewolf non-vampire lineage that michael speedman scott corvin (laughs) man (laughs) is is related to but then we you know we get there and it's just it's just this friggin like guy with a caesar haircut and a marching band majorette shirt just (laughs) kind of fucking frowning at screens on a boat i i kind of wanted like just a little bit a little bit more for him to do but i i don't know there's like 12 more of these to go maybe there's like a whole movie about what he was doing in france in the 1600s i bet i bet bet kevin grievous has like 20 pages written just about that that got their own graphic novel um i was i was a little underwhelmed by him but i do like the amount of threads that this movie combs into one braid by by having him be part of them that was a sweaty totally (laughs) no that's what i meant to say when i said it's more movie (laughs) so you did it good i like yours better (laughs) that's a that's a good point pj especially because like with all the little tastes of him we get in the front half and the fact that it's it's Derek jacoby like it seems like oh, okay, they're setting him up to be this movie's uh, Bill Nye, you know. Uh, uh, we're getting an, a kind of grand Shakespearean English uh, legend slash gleeful overactor to be, like, the sort of... Um, uh, what's the, that character's name in The Matrix? The Architect. Uh, mm. To just sort of be like, here's everything. Um, and he doesn't quite get that opportunity. Um, maybe, I can't imagine Sir Derek Jacobi watched the first Underworld, but maybe if he had and saw, like, Bill Nye's performance, he could have, I don't know, let a, let a little loose, looser uh, and goosier. But, yeah, it, I kind of wished he, he either did more or the movie gave him a little more. I'm not really yeah. sure where one starts and the other begins. I think I, think I was just going to say that, um... Well, two things. Like one of the things was like Becky's Becky's point about like the idea of Alexander being so much better than the like actual Alexander that we get on the screen. Um, yeah. Like because the story that we've described about this like lineage and this dynasty and this family where like one you know there's this common ancestor who's immortal and like one brother goes this way and one brother goes this way but one brother like is so dedicated to the other like that's like a fairy tale you know yes. like that's literally yeah. like a it feels exactly. like a you know like a princess in the you know rapunzel to kind of tale you know but like and it's so it's so larger than life when you just like break those characters down into that little tree of, of the family and like seeing the like medievalness of it all at the beginning you know like that kind of speaks to that and then like what pj was saying to then just go to a boat and to see the screens <laughs> and, like, you know like it's not it takes away that that like grand mythology the grandeur, yeah, yeah, yeah totally yeah. do you that's what i'm saying like it's not as it's not as interesting <gasps> but it is a little interesting <laughs> like it's i don't know it's like i could have done without it i could have done without him being there but it was an interesting reveal I, he's like so ambivalent too of just like yeah i just can't kill him like that's my rule i just can't kill my son just seems like a dick move. yeah <laughs> Emmett, to your point about like how how it's it's been established as this kind of like 
fairy tale mythology that is like so larger than life do you, do you do you ever get the effect of like when you do finally meet him and he's just like some guy do, does it feel a little bit to you like they're kind of like i don't know like painting the face of god you know what i mean mm. like kind of robbing like a lot of the mythological power of imagining that guy just a little bit mm-hmm. yeah totally that's, that's such a, a great, great way, way to put putting it. it yeah yeah, yeah. i never heard that that's super great because, like, I, w- I was sure this... I wasn't ever going to see him, like, in that mm-hmm. little, like, Star Wars text at the beginning where they're just like, and there was a father and his two sons. I was like, yeah, we're never going to see him. Like, it's fine. Like, And then it's just a... a ready little dude. Like, <laughs> 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 it's just this, like, ready little dude who's, like, it's, like, ticked off that they just keep, his sons keep throwing parties. <laughs> in 1100 AD, there was a an angry little guy. <laughs> <laughs> He just goes in and he just sweeps them up. He just sweeps up the bodies and like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I loved that action sequence. The the eighteen wheeler, the the battle on it, and then the sun coming up. But for me, um, and I like the whole. You know, I, I this didn't like set me up for disappointment or anything. I had a great time with the rest of the movie, but nothing topped the the prologue bit for me. Mm. Because I think this, it was the clearest sequence in which the action being elevated, both in terms of, like, actual staging and comprehensibility, um, I think that was where it was most apparent. Because it's vampires and werewolves fighting each other with medieval weapons, like, on horseback, and it's, like fucking cool like it was the first point at which i think the coolness of that nugget of an idea reached its like maximum conveyance if that mm-hmm. makes sense mm-hmm. like just vampires on horses hitting werewolves with axes werewolves not liking that um and hitting the va- <laughs> it was it fucking it fucking ruled, like, and I did, I, like, fully, you know, I've mentioned that I was kind of, like, trying my best to pay attention while juggling a whole bunch of other stuff, but I, like, really backseated everything else while um, the medieval times shit was going on. It ruled. That's interesting. I found the prologue a little bit hard to follow, hmm. personally. Like, I sort of was like, wait, who's who? everything's changing everyone got fighted like i don't know what it was maybe i just wasn't ready to watch a movie yet (laughs) but um i i still enjoyed it for the same reason dixon because i like it's just so fun to see the characters we've seen in modern time who they were like at like the beginning of their story like that's so and, and to bring victor back and amelia back which was a cool detail the mm. other elder who was killed on the train so that was oh, cool yeah. But um, I found it less engaging for whatever reason. Um, hmm. I found William's death engaging, though, oh, or yeah. his imprisonment. Painful. Mm. Really, really yeah. painful. Ooh. They really like to shoot arrows through people's wrists and <laughs> or yeah. ankles. It's so yeah. hard to watch. Yeah, there's there's like an insert of uh you know a vampire shooting a silver chain through a werewolf's ankle, <laughs> and it was like, you know I you'd seen the like quick beheadings and shit in the first part, but that was the first image that made me go like whoa fuck like, 
practical good. too. Yeah. Like yeah, all of those yes. were shots were practical, super cool. <laughs> I was I I mean, well you, you hit on this before, PJ, but the way that they married practical and digital in this movie was really impressive and very surprising because I feel like two thousand and six, mm-hmm. I feel like there was a bit of a sense of, oh, CGI can do anything when mm-hmm. You know, it can't now. It certainly could not in 2006. But people really tried to go for it. So I was kind I was impressed by the restraint. Like, you know, mm-hmm. there are mm-hmm. there are a couple of like PS2 cutscene bits, but like, you know, whatever. I, I don't mind that. For the most part, it all felt very tangible. And that's also, I'm sure, in part due to like you were saying, Emmett, the the practicality of the sets. Like this movie there was a lot more to kind of wrap your fingers and your eyes around. Mm. Uh, oh yeah. shit! I this this might be something that some of y'all have already um, looked into and might I I I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if like production design creature effects is one of the things that that you kind of geek out on. It sounds like it might be. Am I am I on the right track? I I. I do, but I don't have as much, like, information about... Like, it's something I like to notice and Mm -hmm. I like to think about, but, like, I don't have a background in, like, um, like, who did this and how, more or less. Like, I've seen a lot and and it intrigues me a lot. Yeah. I I think this stuff is, is so cool. Like, a good movie werewolf comes on screen and I am, I am 12 again. And I'm not, I'm not, like like encyclopedic about like um makeup effects guys and stuff like that and i i learned a new name researching this one but there is this guy um he's a french greek designer his name is patrick tatopoulos um and he started out as a like makeup and creature effects designer in like the early early 90s um he did a lot of stuff for um roland emmerich like like a lot of people on these movies met working on Roland Emmerich movies. Um, so he's doing the creatures in like Stargate Independence Day. He designs the mm. new Godzilla. I think Broderick's mm. character in that movie is named after him. Um, mm. oh. But he designs all of the monsters in the first one and then gets brought up to production designer on this one um, oh. where he is working really closely with wise men on all of these these gorgeous sets that you were talking about earlier um, that have so much character and are so um, just gorgeously textured. He's got a bananas body of work as like production design goes. Like he did, he did iRobot. He did some recent mm. like Zack Snyder movies, um, Chronicles of Riddick. He's got a wild body of work, but he um, directs the next one. Um, Ooh. he, he works his way up into, into the underworld franchise and, Whoa. um, That's crazy. it's bananas. And there are, there are so many lovely designs in this thing. The, one of the big things I found out that they had to change was that in the first movie, the, the werewolves had these like rubber, like nineties Batman necks where they have to like move in unison. Yes, like yes. Them. They could not turn their yeah. head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this one they that was one of the things that they worked on. So, you know, the werewolves are like they're digital in a wide and they're practical in a close, but even in, in like the closes and mediums of the practical werewolves, they can really like they can turn their heads more, they can move faster. 
it seems like the computer has an easier time replicating them. Um, but uh, I, I just, I love this movie. I could talk about the design on Marcus until I am. Oh my god, it's so good. It's so pretty. He be yeah. stabbing with those those freaking wing bones. Yeah. <laughs> nobody wing nobody bones. used nobody uses wing bones like Marcus does. <laughs> he stabs people if he's like, "Hey, do you know what time it is?" <laughs> so scary. Like, he really was very scary. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty like and it's a really singular design too. It's mm. it's at once like beautiful, like you're saying, PJ, and it's also got all sorts of like gnarly little details. Like he's got big leathery wings, like we've been saying, with like, you know, pointy tendrils attached to the bones <laughs> that he stabs people all of the time with. Anyone he talks to, they get stabbed. <laughs> and he he also has these sort of like um creature from the black lagoon kind of like gill things in his head yeah it's like really otherworldly i Mm -hmm. i know he's like a hybrid creature sort of but i definitely don't think i've seen any vampire on film that's quite as unsettling Mm -hmm. and like actually just in terms of the physical form as intimidating Yeah. yeah also they adjust michael's look Michael's hybrid look is yeah. really different in this one. Mm. It's much more, and um, Wendy and I were also talking about this, it's much more interesting because when you're watching the first one and Michael becomes the first hybrid, he's like becomes a werewolf and then his werewolf snout like cracks back into his face and then he's just like like a, like a dark vampire sort of with like black eyes, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but in this one he has way more werewolf features and I thought it was a more successful kind of scary uh marrying of the two species mm. um so they like they look really different but i thought i thought it was better in this one i don't know i feel like i was i was paying not enough attention to michael in this, this movie well marcus really steals the show for sure he, he he's just he really he's, he's hot he's really hot yeah the sort of like pairing of protagonist antagonist of uh michael and um marcus yeah i I did it um (laughs) but like the the actor who plays marcus is um he is he's like a really consistently working actor if you might have seen him in doctor who he plays vincent van gogh he's in just a ton of shit and he's he's very good and um does a lot with a little and then it's like ah we're cutting back to michael i hope (laughs) michael's not really dead (laughs) oh man i was so sad when i thought michael was dead (laughs) oh no i hope michael's still got those fucking trousers on (laughs) (laughs) and those fucking work pants he hasn't taken off in two movies (laughs) it's really hard to be intimidated by him when he just looks like he 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 got out of the hospital and he just like took off his shirt and then just like it just looks not very intimidating. Like yeah, that like that's his like complete look. Like yes. in, in the action figure like of this movie, like it's yeah. just him like shirtless with just like Scrubbing. trousers yeah. on and no shoes. Like he he like suffers by every comparison because like also in terms of just sheer costuming, Kate Beckinsale looks even cooler in this mm-hmm. movie. Like her outfit, she it's just like so fucking cool, so fucking hot. 
And you're right, Beck. He's just a guy wearing pants. (laughs) I will say, though, her hair got considerably worse. Mm. Her hair got worse. I I don't want to be a dick, but it's not as good. The layers aren't working for me. She has a fake bang, which is really just three greasy hairs that sort of mold the idea of bang, but she sees through them all the time. And I'm like, just put it behind your ear now. I miss that 90s bob. It was so hot and like actually good. I actually thought it might have been a wig she was wearing in this one, but I, I don't know. There's no way to know. Maybe yeah, it's like her career could have taken off. Like maybe she just was gonna shoot something where it needed to be longer or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe Underworld Evolution was uh, conflicting with where the real money is in 2006 for Kate, which is Click. Um, <laughs> Emmett, you were talking earlier about how you weren't paying like as much attention to Michael, and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. was he was he was something about Michael not commanding? the screen at all was it was his dazzling costume not like pulling you in yeah he's i i mean is he wearing scrub pants like like from the hospital where he works as an intern and does surgery i don't think so i think they're just like slacks okay he's wearing if you said to somebody you have one second to imagine the concept of pants (laughs) like he is wearing exactly what you would like hurriedly conjure up in your mind palace where it's like pockets question mark i don't know but two yeah. legs go into these 100 percent. yeah dark gray blue it's like <laughs> pants it's color so, something like that it's like whatever the incredible hulk's like pants you know like <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, pants that he just still has to have on because we can't see his dick like <laughs> just and just like dig like, out growing up potatoes <laughs> like, <laughs> last thing about that like like even like even when like ev- he suffers by every comparison to marcus yet again like even in the scene when marcus finally confronts alexander there's this crazy moment like right before marcus is about to walk in to confront alexander he pulls the like cool trench coat off a dead guy and like puts it on like and walks yeah. in so he's not like stupid shitty shirtless uh, <laughs> uh Scott Speedman <laughs> like he just like it's it happens for no reason it's just it's the craziest thing like they like they like waste a shot of him like like an arm reaching down to pick up this leather jacket to put on. I totally like, forgot about that. It's like I watched it like three hours ago, so it's very fresh for me. Like, they found that jacket on eBay when they just lo- looked up the words Ukrainian boyfriend. <laughs> and that was the first thing that came up. <laughs> that that quick insert was good and then like the there's like a quick insert in the Kate Beckinsale like uh in the car chase scene, where it's like her like pedal to the meddling like the uh, the bus, and it's her boot, but the boot the heel on the boot is like Higher. four inches. It's like, it's it's wild, like because the whole movie she's just like running and chasing. Like I don't remember if the first movie, like I don't know, like I I don't like how hard is it to do all the things that she does in in shoes like that? Infinitely like, harder, and in the first movie. <laughs> Just like her hair, her boots were better. 
they were a little flatter shorter i don't even know if they were healed if they were it was so slight and it just looked cooler in this they like wanted to make her hotter but they just made her look cornier it's a little Mm. unfortunate she can't you can't make her not hot but you can make her cornier i i was trying to do a little bit of research on the 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 making of this and sort of how connected this is to like um, in the first episode, we were talking about um, Kevin Grievous was the um, Howard University genetic engineering major, um, like medical genius who became like the 2000s pop culture artifact of what if monsters had trench coats and guns. Um, and he's really responsible for like the like the density of the mythology and how completely thought out it is. The thing I didn't know that I think explains a lot about what's going on with the big picture of these two movies is that apparently Underworld 1 and 2 were all part of one contained, like, story that he had planned. And when Len Wiseman got involved with the story and was like, I think you're the coolest, I think this story is cool, I want to find a way to adapt this and get it made somehow they were able to cut it in half and and put a lot of the smaller stuff in the one they could make for 22 million dollars and they're putting all the rest of it kind of in in this one i'm curious about the sequels but i i actually i can kind of get behind these two movies being like one one bigger story of all of these like old world orders being being upended and it actually feels like it it ties some some loops closed and like there's across the two of them it almost feels like there is a more uh coherent arc for for Celine that kind of gives Beckinsale like a little bit more like notes that she gets to play and and emotional places that she gets to go i mean Celine can be maybe on the surface kind of a kind of a thankless role cuz in the first movie she is She's badass and she's cool, but she doesn't really show a lot of emotion. But across the two of these, um, I have I, I kind of have no idea what's going on, but I love them for how how full the mythology is. I would love to look at like the the mythology bible that I'm sure he had written somewhere. Um, but I I'm I'm kind of grooving on these as like a like a one two little mini series within a franchise. I don't know. What do you guys think? Mm, I mean, knowing that they were all a part of one idea and one story feels correct. Um, And in seeing how crazier the second half of the story is, (laughs) um, (laughs) I also want to point out for uh, to Emmett that um, PJ let us know, like, like in the last recording that the creator, Kevin, is it I always want to say Graveau, but what is it? It's spelled like it looks like Griveaux, but I think it's Grievous. He's the he's the actor, the black actor who's a lichen with a really really deep, crazy deep voice. He's the creator of all of it. I don't know if you from the first movie. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Like I I read that he was in it, but I didn't um I didn't figure out which yeah same. I was like I know he's in it, but I didn't piece together who it was when I was watching. Wow. I just think it's so 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 (laughs) cool. Um. Yeah, zooming out, I, I, the, the, like you said, PJ, like, this is why I love these movies is because the mythology and the stories are so, like, rich and fun, Mm -hmm. and 
Celine does have more colors in this movie. She actually has a really powerful, honest reaction to Michael's uh, fake yeah. death. And um, <laughs> it's really like, I was like, yay, she got to she got to do something that was cool um because she sure she sure kicks and punches real good and she (laughs) jumps off of tall things really specifically (laughs) Um, um but she like a flamingo she flies through the air just downward (laughs) um but and and i i love her for like the blank canvas that she is for like us to watch and like imprint our own feelings um, but I feel like you're right. In this movie, she got a lot more to do. And I love this movie because it is so... There are so many different sections and chapters. And um, we have a really great villain. You saying that about the split and how the... I, I did not know that. I did not know that this is sort of like a duology. Like a... I Knowing that actually makes a lot of sense and sort of conjures up a a theory maybe which is that like you were saying pj like try to get all the smaller stuff into the cheaper one i would not be surprised that in terms of like actual ground they were trying to cover if like the story split isn't something like 75 percent on underworld 25 percent on underworld evolution Mm. And I think that that, you know, if this made up thing that I just said is the case, um, but like it kind of affirms my reaction and explains some stuff because this movie, like, despite it being crammed to the gills with stuff, feels like it breathes a little more. Like, it, it, it isn't quite so... Um, I think I said something last episode about how everything is sort of pitched at the same level of importance. I don't think that's the case with this movie. I think maybe having that, like, extra bit of room afforded by there being less actual story to go over allows for a, a, um, an undulation of tone and action that I don't think exists in the first one. Um, so having those two movies as a duology is like, it makes sense. And also kind of, for me, puts a bit more of a negative light back on the first one. I I understand that like the movie was probably made in hopes that a sequel is made, but not a certainty for sure. But like, I, I think that it kind of did that movie a disservice to have so much of a story that would end up incomplete regardless crammed into something you know mm-hmm. yeah like this this all makes me think of like just the the idea of like a proof of concept or something you know like if yeah. the first movie mm-hmm. is like like giving you these characters giving you this world giving you wetting your appetite for what it could be and then, you know, if you've succeeded by the end of that movie in getting it, getting people interested enough, then you have the opportunity to, like, inject all of the, the tasty bits that, you know, are going to keep this thing rolling. I'm, I'm sure that, like, there are examples I can't think of in the moment that run counter to the argument I'm about to make. But I feel like usually the the particular disparity in terms of like stuff trying to get conveyed that we're seeing in these two movies is usually the opposite 
because I feel like it is usually like the first one is we're introduced to this wicked cool world and we're given like a taste of mythology and then I feel like critical and audience reaction is usually in the second or third one is when it's like they're trying to do too much this is getting bogged down like uh the matrix like uh spider-man um like I all of these franchises you can think of where it's like like you're saying Emmett here is a proof of concept and then in two or three it's like all right like now let's really get our hands dirty and get deep in there and that's when people are starting to go like whoa what the fuck that it's reversed in this one where the second movie is much more sort of like uh buoyant and um more stylish as opposed to filled brim is interesting and i can't quite draw a thesis from that but it's i don't know something to think about (laughs) (laughs) but it's cool too that it's like like pj said that it it is like in those other kinds of movies like the matrix or like uh, spider-man it's like those stories are just supposed to kind of continue like the first one's like the origin and then the second one is like a villain and a little bit of continuation of that character arc and the third one is like a little bit more of that continuation and subversion of like the second one or something but like with this movie if we're really looking at it like it's it's supposed to just be one movie with one story like that that like really makes sense to me and makes sense why the second film like seems so satisfying like it's not like the middle movie in a trilogy it's like Mm. you know Mm -hmm. it's like the completion of this this one story yeah yeah it's like it feels like it like it feels carried out like there's such a cliffhanger at the end of the first one with uh marcus and his hybridness you know and like and michael's hybridness and what's going to happen with that but like you know everything is so neatly resolved in the at the end of this movie like it's hard to tell kind of what the the next um, part of, of the story is going to be, you know? Totally, yeah. which makes perfect sense to me why they then go to the mm. prequel after er, after mm. this. Because after I was, at, at the end of at the end of Evolution, she's like, I only know darkness lies ahead. And I'm like, I don't know. You killed all your, yeah. you killed all the bad guys. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's going to be okay. Um, so I was like, I don't even know what your problem could be in the right. future. Besides, like, some maybe the sort of, some some uh, some politics within the communities. But, um, yeah, I, I totally agree. It feels like it's done. Like, the whole, the story was told. Oh, I was just, just a real quick insert just to assert my own thesis. That, uh, the observations about the matrix trilogy and spider-man are based on just observed reactions i like the matrix sequels and spider-man 3 uh, that's just totally. just wanted to make sure my position was clear. <laughs> i think spider-man 3 is good cover your ass yeah <laughs> I, if if you if you weren't the exact kind of person that i love before you felt like you had to jump back and make sure that your line on wachowski <laughs> and Raimi was 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 within film fi- i i love you um, yeah I do. I, it was a bit, a bit particular to be like hey i just want to go back and make sure everybody knows i like spider-man 3 <laughs> i i oh god i love you what was the fucking thing i was gonna say before you were 
charming. God damn it. Um, oh, Becky, um, you were talking about the ending where she has, like, they, they have this beautiful what seems like an ending shot of, like, the, the castle at sunset. And then they cut to just footage of, like, helicopter footage over water with narration about yeah. how it seems as though things are good right now. But sometimes <laughs> things stop being good and become very bad. bad. Directed by Len Wiseman. Did it feel at all to you? And and then they, they cut to, like, like, Marco Beltrami sleepwalking over those credits with his score. <laughs> Did it did it feel at all to you like they pause S- score note quick score note we didn't talk about the score on the first one at all because it's by Paul Haslinger and no one gives a fuck about Paul Haslinger <laughs> no one gives a fuck about Paul Haslinging slasher he I good good for for you man you did a video game movie you were Grom Ravel's assistant on a couple good for you Len Wiseman brings on Marco Beltrami who we've talked about before because he did dracula 2000 i love him uh he's he's one of my guys um and he is uh capital dht doing his thing on this um because i think len wiseman said that he like temp tracked a lot of his score from irobot which is why a lot of this score sounds like what if irobot didn't have a main theme uh and (laughs) He he totally he gets the job done, um, and I actually really like that this one has like an orchestral sound. I think that actually, whether you know it or not, I do think that contributes to why some of this like emotionally jumps off the page a little bit more. Um, but those end credits are what's how's the theme go? Da 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 ba da 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 da, and then that's it. That, that it's it's just angry minor key exclamation marks. Um, I kind of like the music when they're like like the resolution music. Really pretty, really really yeah. really pretty. Any of his and it's the same from the first movie. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I I need to go back and like actually catch some of the music in the at first least that movie. one song. At least that one like part i don't know if the whole thing is but i just recognized it that would be fucking cool if they were like bringing themes back because paul hasslinger actually i think does come back for one of these movies but i Mm. i got on a tangent imagine that um did you feel like the end narration about how things might potentially be getting worse um even though it doesn't feel that way does that feel like that was tacked on to promise a sequel at all. Because my first thought was like, this feels like a studio obligation. In the story, she wins. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, we didn't win. <laughs> it, did, it did feel a bit like Freddy Krueger popping up and be like, uh-oh! Except <laughs> you, know? you don't even get the satisfaction of seeing the thing because they don't know what it is yet. Mm-hmm. Like, they're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, something's they're got like, something. There could be something. Water. <laughs> the sea. Watch out. The sea. Yeah, it... <laughs> Yeah, totally. Uh, I remember I disagreed with her as I watched. I was like, "No, I think you're good, dude." Like um, all the elders are dead. Like yeah, like of, what more do you? <laughs> all the bad guys are dead. That one guy who's morally ambiguous, he's dead. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah everything is pretty clear cut in your world right now. I feel like. <laughs> well, uh, on that note, um, maybe we should start uh, 
kind of ramping things down. Um, Emmett, uh, we we like to rank what we've seen and try to put them in the uh, <laughs> the context of things that we completely haven't seen at the end of these episodes. Um, <laughs> Underworld mythology. <laughs> guessing on the last episode was just so it was like like what voting is for for some people <laughs> like it's just it we had no idea <laughs> yeah. yeah by by the end of this series my my brain will be pulsing out of my head like those like those wojacks of him like sitting on his own brain <laughs> puffing a pipe because i know so much about lichens um, <laughs> so uh well this so I think I, I made a pretty bold claim, having no idea where this series is going, saying that 3, the prequel, is going to be my favorite. That is only reinforced by one, uh, PJ. You're talking about how they're bringing the production designer of this movie into the director's chair for the third one. Very excited for that. And two, how well the medieval shit was handled at the beginning mm. of this movie. And the prequel looks to be all medieval shit, starring with, with Bill Nye. And fucking Marcus, Lucius, Lucius, oh Lucius, Lucius. They can't. There has to be one crossover syllable with every name. <laughs> it's it's either us or it's core or cray like some fucking <laughs> Salinas. Other, there's just like five wrong wordle guesses in the row. Just bring some other letters into the fucking <laughs> fold. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, um, but I'm really pumped about that one. So I'm still going to say that three is going to be my top one. I'm going to go three is number one. Two is number two. I think five might pull out some stops and be my third favorite. And then I'm going to go four. No, one, four, three. No. Yes. Three. Marcus Corvin. Lucian. Three. Three, two, five, one, four. Okay, God, fuck. Drink some water. I'm wearing a hat so you can't see the smoke come out of my ears. I'm really struggling with this because I really do... I see all of y'all's point about the first movie, and I still have a lot of love for it. And when I watch it, I just really enjoy watching it. And I feel like it's very clean. This is more messy and more interesting and more fun, but I feel like the first one is very clean in terms of, like, parts of a movie. You know, like, they really did it. <laughs> um, I think I'm going to say two, one, three, five, four. Um, I have this feeling that the prequel is not as good as I want it to be. <laughs> I have seen it don't remember it bad oh, sign shit. um mm. but i didn't remember this one either and i had seen it it sort of came to me scene by scene <laughs> um but yeah i don't have a lot of reasons for that but that's that's where i'm just going full gut right now emmett do you have a, a predictive ranking sure yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> when i watch along with you guys on the rest of them um i i will i will put two at the top of mine as well um, I well, I will put two at the top of mine. I'm gonna go three for the reasons that um, Dixon mentioned. Also, the absence of a certain Scott Speedman, <laughs> who's, 
like real quick, I just looked up Scott Speedman and he like I was convinced his name was fake, but it's not. <laughs> like his dad's name's Roy Speedman and his mom's <laughs> name is Mary Speedman. <laughs> From the speedmanist lineage, they they, yeah, they got reverse page mastered out of a speed racer. Uh, Just manga. a family of action figures. Yes, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> Mr. Like, and Mrs. Armstrong's boy. His dad's like an accountant or something. <laughs> Roy Speedman, uh, CPA. Uh, like, no, but like, so he's he's gone. Um, so that's I think three's three's gonna be better. Like, uh, and then, and then, like, I'll just I'll just go in 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 order. Like, uh, four, five, yeah. Yeah. So where, where does where does one sit? On oh, you, oh yeah, yeah. No, I think I think one. I like didn't really like one. So I think one is probably after, like. After three, just to just to like ruffle Becky's feathers, I'm gonna put it after four. I'm gonna put it between <laughs> oh, four I'm and five. <laughs> so I guess like two, three, four, one, five. You know I pretty much like that movie. <laughs> you know that when I catch it on TV, I'll watch the whole thing. This is fucked. <laughs> I could finish the last third of that movie on cable anytime. How could you do this? I trusted you. Um, Unless I have to like eat dinner or something. <laughs> then I I'll just skip it. <laughs> <laughs> There's um I, th- I I can't believe I'm about to say this out loud, but there there is a to Emmett's point about Mr. Speedman. Um there is a part of me that's like a little disappointed that there are going to be movies where Kate Beckinsale comes back, but but he doesn't. I mean, ob- obviously, like, I don't know if you can tell one of them is kind of the better actor here. Um, one of them is like a merchant ivory, like, like classically trained, great British actor and model who was in like Much Ado About Nothing for Kenneth Branagh when she wasn't out of like, like Oxford yet. Um, and one of them looks like he advertises, like, bottled water for men. Um, (laughs) but, but you know what? He's part of the goddamn mythology. And he's, he's part of the underworld family. He's, he's a, he's a Corvinus down to his blood. You look at him and you say, that there, that's a Corvinus. I'm sad to see him go. Um, Wow, I really liked this movie. I have no idea what to predict for the rest of them, and I've I've had my little jibes on on things that I couldn't connect to about Underworld One, but I am I am pro Underworld One. That's that's kind of my relationship with a lot of these movies. Is this this isn't my nerdy thing? But if I were if I were dating someone and they were like, you have to watch the Underworld movies. At least I could be like. Yeah, there is something here. There is totally something here. Can we please order something to eat? <laughs> um, my predictive ranking is going to be um, two. Two, because I love it. Um, one, because I feel like it. Um, mm-hmm. Three, I'm I'm optimistic about. I'm curious about it. I mean, when when is a production designer directing a movie ever gone wrong? You got Bo Welch directing The Cat in the Hat. 
You've got a second example and a third example that I can't think of. It works every time. Um, I have a bad feeling about four. So I'm going to put that one last. Um, and I'm really curious about five because Kate Beckinsale is back. Uh, but her ex-husband is not. Um, and the... And, and it's we, we were talking about the director of that one. She sounds really cool. My ranking is going to be two, one, three, five, four. But I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. Not a lot of high hopes for four. And what I love is that there is truly no None. reason for that. It just feels like that's right. <laughs> um, Dead Horse. We never introduced the podcast. I wonder if oh, you were no. what you were just listening to was a podcast about underdiscussed film franchises, the overlooked, uh, underdiscussed, the set not at, not in Romania but in Hungary, uh, the Marcuses, the Corvus, the Cor Cravens. This is sponsored by Male Water. <laughs> so by <Disosterone>. that. <laughs> <laughs> I I want to make sure before we wrap out of here, Emmett, thank you so much for joining the stable Seriously. and becoming thank an honorary so horse. Wow. This was a blast. Come back whenever Such the Such an honor to have you, my my friend. Like, seriously. To, to yeah, talk so about movies with so, you so much. is always the best. I love it. I, I love y'all. This was a dream come true. I, I'm <laughs> such a fan. I'm Yay. so happy to have been invited. And, and you know, like, I'm... I'm excited to keep listening to the rest of these movies and uh, hear where the journey takes you guys. And and I don't know if there is anything you want to plug by chance. Oh yeah. Um, watch 1883 on Paramount <laughs> Plus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when new episodes come out, and you know, just don't don't take it for granted because people did all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> they did Hell it for yeah. you, so you could go on your iPhones. <laughs> <laughs> Dead Horses, Dixon, Becky, and PJ. You can find us on Instagram at Dead Horse Podcast or on Twitter at Dead Horse The Pod. We'd like to thank Max Huffman for the art. We'd like to thank me for uh, editing and doing the music. Um, yeah, thanks. Uh, have a good. Um, hope you're doing. I hope the scene all finds you. Bye.